0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm your host Mike G, and I'm sitting here with uh, two guests, two co-hosts, uh, George and Matt. Hello, George.
1: Hello, Matt. Mike. Hello.
0: Hey. So I want to I want to talk about a couple of things we got going on because uh, this week is a busy week. Um, besides the podcast, we're about to kick off here in a little bit with Matt and George uh, on health and nutrition. We also got a the border slash um toy run that we're doing here with travis underscore team philcraft gun food fighter mike underscore team philcraft and j g um from white knuckle syndicate we're filming this whole big thing where we're going down to tim foley's place uh filming the situation on the border we're documenting everything showing the pre-planned load-up phase of going down there and then um, showing how you, you know, convoy and do all the things that we do in pr- preparation for the worst case scenario, like the cartel uh, kidnapping us or trying to interdict us. And then we're um, hitting the road to Anaheim, California, we'll, where we will be with o- Orange County Overland doing a toy drive, Toys for Tots drive, um, giving toys to uh, children who are in need. And that's a, a big, big deal for us. Uh, Along the way, we will be stopping at periodic places asking for people to donate money um, via at Philcraft on our uh, Venmo page. And also, uh, we'll be picking up uh, those toys and then meeting up with people who want to meet up and donate toys as well while we make our, I think it's a six-hour, seven-hour trek to Southern California to be there Sunday, which is the 9th, at 9 a.m. to be able to give uh, back to impoverished kids. So yeah, we're going to film this whole thing. If you guys want to be part of it, we're filming it, and it's going to be really exciting uh, footage. Uh, we'll post on YouTube, cross-pollinated across all our strategic partners: um, Black Rifle Coffee, SDHQ, CBI Off-Road, TriArc, and the list goes on and on. So yeah, it- this podcast is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. So if you like brack bra- Rifles. If you like black rifles and coffee, um BRCC not only is a strategic partner of Fieldcraft Survival, but also a good friend. And um I, I talking to Evan uh, from BRC, he also has offered a coupon discount to anybody who's listening, which is Fieldcraft 20, Fieldcraft Undercase 20, 20, for twenty percent off anything that uh black rifle coffee sells, which is a lot if you're interested in swag the uh, the uh you know those little pods, the actual uh, coffee and mugs, beans, everything, mugs, stickers, everything. Everything's available. So, um, Philcraft twenty, uh, thanks and big shout out to Black Rifle Coffee. Hey guys, you know we're going to kick off this podcast. Uh, the reason I wanted to do this podcast is uh, one, we get a ton of traffic on sur- like survival fitness stuff. We have at Philcraft Survival Fit on Instagram. But we get asked a lot, like, hey, what do I need to prepare myself physically for special operations, for uh, the worst-case scenario? And it, as soon as I went back on the keto diet, I just started plugging stuff, and people were really interested in it. And there's a lot of science, and there's a lot of uh, experience needed to outline the understanding of the keto diet because there's a lot of mis- and dis-education and information out there that's uh, steering people in the wrong direction. And so I did a podcast by myself on uh, live feed on Facebook, Instagram, and then the podcast itself and talked a little bit about kind of the, the status of our country and, and how um, we basically don't eat real food anymore. We just eat fake food and it's a, you know, a big conglomerate of fake crap that we put in our bodies, which has affected our overall preparedness as a nation, but also our health. And if you look at our health and the um, leading cause of death, which is heart disease in America, uh, second leading cause of death is cancer, it could all, a lot of it could be tied to what you put in your body. So I wanted to do this podcast with our buddy, Matt Vinson, who's actually a subject matter expert in health and nutrition. And so thanks for coming on, Matt. Thank you.
2: Yep, Thanks for having me.
0: So Matt, sure. you want to give a little experience, like uh, a background on kind of like where, who you are and you know, how you got interested or how you got involved in uh, health and nutrition?
2: It all started when I was a kid, really. You know, my dad's been into it my entire life. Um, I think when I was four years old, being able to lift a two-pound pink dumbbell back in the day, so I kind of grew up around it. Uh, Going into the kitchen, I didn't walk into the kitchen with a bunch of snacks and ho-hos and Skittles laying around the counter. I had back then when creatine was monohydrate, and it's still there, but... The supplements that were around back then were very uncut, raw, and that's what the counters were full with, proteins, glutamines, and about every supplement you can think of. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the, uh, I would say the base I have started at a young age. Um, I got into lifting, you know, in in high school, in football, and then my junior year, it was after doing squats. As a matter of fact, I get bitten by the iron bug. I appreciated it. Um. And then after that, I, I just kind of kept going with it. Iron is in,
0: for people who don't know, that's like a bodybuilding stuff, right? That's like lifting, and smashing and weights. Is that what you mean?
2: Iron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the iron weights, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the iron bug. From there on, I, I've just never been out of the gym. That's kind of been my sanctuary. That's my therapy, uh, even to this day, even more. Um, I joined the Army in 2003 out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, in infantry. I was with the 101st Airborne from oh three to 2012 all four deployments with them. I think after my second deployment, I got into a program put on by the Army through the Pittsburgh um, University called the ETAP, the Elite Tactical Athlete Program. Similar to the, the master fitness trainer, but it, 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 it broke down a lot of diet. We, one of the rooms we had to go into, we had sensors all over our body, and it showed the how the, each side works independently, logged off of our food, and kind of broke down how your body works in conjunction with the food that the fuel that goes into it mm-hmm. a lot of things at that point started just started clicking with me you know as far as how our body reacts to certain certain nutritions our nutrients um after afghanistan 20 2011 i got put on recruiting duty 2012 uh, in to, to now then i started pursuing so i'd have to run you know 60 miles a week with the hunter first so yeah. I got more into bodybuilding, being able to put on the mass and then start, start breaking the foods down and how they, my body reacted to it. Um, I had a four-wheeler accident in 2014, August. I was prepping for my first show for bodybuilding. I uh, broke my left shoulder, three ribs, fractured my face, my skull in like six places, left elbow, left ankle. Um, and that set me back quite a bit. But it put into perspective how quick um, your body can lose in that time. So I made myself a deal. I was in the hospital 15 days. Uh, I made myself a deal. I would be on stage within a year. So I looked at all, this, all of the competitions coming up in the Midwest, and I found one 14 months out, put on by Jack Detone in, in, in Omaha. So I, I gave myself a, a no BS date. I will be ready for stage in 14 months. So working through a broken shoulder and concussion, all that stuff was uh, eye-opening. That, that, was, that was probably one of the, besides deployments and some of the firefights, gunfights, one of the biggest life-altering events that happened. Mm-hmm. So when I, I, I made the goal, I, I set the date and I reverse timelined it on where I had to be in 14 months. Then I started... You, you just you just really just become a a science experiment anytime you're dealing with supplements food and water you just become a science experiment so anytime you have a science experiment you have to have a constant and that's where the consistency comes in so it, once you have the constant you can start you have the baseline you can start adjusting things from there um and then you know having having buddies who compete also helps quite a bit uh, up in des moines iowa we started bouncing ideas off of each other, and then we just kind of ran with it. Um, so, that, and that, that lead me, leads me to where I am now. In the last couple of years, last two years, nationally qualified and competed in July in Vegas uh, this year. In, in second call outs. Um, and second call-outs, and always under construction, though. Like, it never stops. So, when, when we talk about diets, it's, it's not just a diet or a fad diet. It has to become a, a lifestyle and, and that's probably the, the hardest thing to, to wrap your mind around as a person who just, starts, just first starts is you have to change. Mm-hmm. You've got to change the mindset of, of what it's going to take, and you have to have a goal to reach for. If not, you become the hamster on the wheel. You're moving, but you're not going anywhere. So um, it, all start, it all started when I was a kid, really. And then a couple of life-altering events later, and then um, found my passion with that that have something to wrap my mind around idle hands kind of become dangerous you know yeah. so that so that on the civilian side on my personal side is what is what kind of keeps me going you know
3: yeah
0: and so uh, what's i like that because you know a lot of people who you know they transform themselves their, their bodies a lot of it happens with uh, kind of like events that unfold themselves in lives and it might be a tragedy it might be an injury Uh, Or or it might just be a self-realization where, like, hey, I need to change things or change the way that I'm doing things. And something that's interesting that you said, too, is you have to to be able to adapt and change. Because uh, I'm assuming this, and and this is kind of a question as well, is I'm assuming everybody's body type is different. And so your body reacts differently based on what you're doing. And what I've realized in, you know, being in health and nutrition and special operations, there's not really... uh, great examples of what to follow. I mean, there's, there's people who are marketing ideas and, and, I, and, uh, and thoughts, but you have to experiment with yourself because you have to see what kind of effect it has on you, whether we're talking supplements or workout routines or whatever it may be.
2: Right. Yeah, there, there is no, there no one-size-fits-all. There, there, there's absolutely not. Um, how I react to, I can run 400, 500, 600 grams of carbs a day you know, during my off season, I can run that. And it all comes from, I don't do any processed foods. Uh, you know, mid-workout, I'll do an oatmeal cream pie or, or a Pop-Tart, you know, to get the sugars out so I can keep working out. But it comes down to, you, you just have to work. You, you have to put in the work and you have to annotate the results from it to see what your body's reacting to. If not, you can, you can, pay, you can pay a nutritionist or you can pay a trainer at the gym. You can pay their bills. For the, rest of, for the rest of the time you work with them. And that's all you are. If you always go to them for answers, they'll keep giving you just enough to come back next week. Hey, do this, I'll see you next week. But if they never explain the why and the science behind it, how it actually works inside your body, you'll never be able to become self-sufficient with it and be able to a- a- adjust your nutrition based off of what tomorrow's workload is what yesterday's was, how much to load today, what's coming up—a back workout, leg workout. So, th- yeah, there there is no one size fits all with it. You have to keep your mind wrapped around it. No BS. Every second, every day, from the amount of water you put in to whatever you drink to whatever you eat. Why is it? Why does it seem like um, uh, industry-wise?
0: It, even with nutritionists who are supposed to be in health and wellness and you know benefiting their clients, why does it seem like there's this kind of like uh, uh, disassociation from like the truth? Like nobody really wants to talk about the science of things, and most of it is is aesthetic based. But nobody's digging down deep and trying to understand. Is it? Because, I mean, is that a society problem? Why why don't people? Why is there not a lot of information, or is it out there and just it's not discussed? Like hey, how, mu- how much do I need to take in in fats, and what, what's that going to do, or you know, what's the keto diet, and what's it going to do? There's just not a lot of information on it. Like, overall, the science isn't public, it seems. You have to dig really deep to, to get it.
2: Yeah, there, you have to do a lot of research. You know, you have to do your homework on it. And, and to be honest, a lot of people I've worked with, I don't think anyone really cares. Everyone, and this is kind of the society thing, like you said. It could be a societal shift. Uh, we are a microwave Society we want results today. We want them in three hours. We want them before tomorrow So to sit down and break down the science if you look at every diet that's out there Whether it's Atkins to to keto to paleo's all of these diets They all equal one thing you burn more calories than you bring in that is the most simple way to look at it Now you can put a label on all of these things and you can say you have to do a high protein low, low carbs, high fats, low carbs, but all of them come down to one, work your ass off. You have to know where you're going, but to know where you're going, you have to know where you're at. So a, a, an honest assessment of exactly where you're at, talk to a nutritionist, a trainer, get the assessment, see where you're at, where am I at right now? And where do I want to go? If that goal is 30 pounds, then what's a healthy weight loss range? Most don't know it. So any diet you start, obviously the first couple of weeks you lose a ton initially, especially running keto. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's associated with the water weight. But I guess back to your initial question, like most people just don't care enough to research it. Mm-hmm. They don't. They just want the answers given to them. They'll follow it, medi- mediocre. Yeah. Uh, they're on and off, and then they just fall off the bandwagon, and they come back a few months later. You know, uh, they didn't change their life. They just waited for the answers. And, and that's the biggest problem that I see most of the time with training and coaching is everybody wants the answers. Two months later, they'll ask you the same thing. Yeah. It's like, well, I gave you the answer two months ago. It's the same thing. Go back to your notes. What worked then is going to work now. You know? So I, I think it's just everyone just wants answers too quick. They want results tomorrow. And it, it takes – I started – so my junior year, in 98, is when I started. It's been 20 years. Mm-hmm. I've been at this for 20 years. It takes just discipline. Yeah. And it just takes a, a very laser like focus on it, you know.
0: You, you know, you're, you're, um, um, so, you know, your background, you're in the military now, you're an infantry guy, I mean, you're a platoon sergeant. Like, you have a lot of experience in the, in the uh, APFT realm, for lack of better terminology, the you know, Army physical fitness realm of master fitness training and training for calisthenics and cardiovascular fitness to keep your guys healthy and fit. What's the difference? You know, what's the main difference between what maybe you can consider functional fitness, like being in the military when you're on the line, you know, uh, for people who don't know the line, it means like literally you're on the front line as an infantry guy. And you know, your job is to deploy and ready uh, for war. And so I try to explain like, Hey, that's a different kind of fitness than Even the stuff that I'm doing now. And so, how does it, how do, how, what's the difference? And then, um, how do you have to prepare your body for each? Is there a big, like, are you prepared for war at the level that you're at now, cardiovascular wise? Like, is there strengths and weaknesses in in either or? Like, can you explain the difference?
2: Oh, there's huge. Um, On the line, it it, it was, it was easily to put on 50, 60 miles a week Mm -hmm. on the feet, rucking, running. Rocking, running, all of it. Um, now, I run twice a year for record. <laughs> I run four times a year, right? So, so I have PT tests twice a year yeah. every six months. I'll give myself a diagnostic run 30 days before it happens Yeah. to see where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. And I, I haven't failed it. Yeah. You know, I can still, I can still knock it, what's out.
0: What's your stats real quick just for everybody listening? What, how tall are you and how much do you weigh?
2: I'm right at six foot and 230. Two 230 day. pounds. Yeah, body fat's just under six percent off the caliper. Um, even during off season, I've never gone over six point eight percent on the caliper. <laughs> so, I mean that like if you guys don't know Matt, um, like we know
0: Matt, and like he's wearing a jacket now, but six percent body fat is. I mean, when I went to Ranger School, I think I went to Ranger School with eleven percent off the calipers, and I came back probably at six percent, and and that's after starving for a couple months. So I don't even <laughs> think I could. You'd have to starve me for three months in Rainier School to get me at 6%, but you walk around that way
2: right yeah. now. That, okay. That's my off-season, but yeah. it's, again, it's because I don't do a lot of processed foods. Everything's whole foods, you know? Um, you catch me during off-season, though, like, don't get me wrong. I love me some, I love me some pizza, yeah. you know, and, and, yeah. and cheesecake. That's where it's George at. George up pizza. Ugh. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. He's that's on keto, man. Self. You can't talk about that stuff. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> um. So anyway, the transformation, yeah. Well, yeah, it's horrible. Um, If I was to be on the line right now, I wouldn't be able to approach bodybuilding the way I do now. And that's just because the cardiovascular, you know, I can still knock out. I can still run a mid-16, two-mile. Yeah. You know, at at 230. And even I'll start 30 days out from a PT test. I'll start doing – I don't do – my cardio is walking.
0: Yeah. That's it. What, what, what is the reason for that? Is that because it physiologically changes the way your body right. kind of adapts to things? Like, why is it? It does.
2: I don't do... So you, you have hormones. So your pituitary gland releases hormones to, to adjust everything. So when it comes to stress, cortisol, the hormone cortisol, when it's released, if your body's under emotional stress, physical stress, spiritual stress, it releases a hormone that, that, that can put you into what we we'll call it a starvation mode. Right. So anytime your, your, your stress increases, just like with high-intensity training, which I don't do, uh, my, body, my body responds way too quick to it. So to keep on the muscle, to burn the fat, I keep the heart rate below 130. So to keep that, that that's, a, that's about three and a half miles an hour walk on a treadmill. I won't start that until I'm maybe 12, 14 weeks out from a competition I'll do that three times a week. Then when I'm eight weeks out, I'll pick it up to every day, 20 to 30 minutes a day, three and a half miles, three and a half miles an hour on a treadmill. So when I keep the heart rate below that 130, I don't hit a cardio state. So I'm not, I'm not making my lungs efficient. I'm just making the body efficient at burning fat. Mm-hmm. So the fat burn zone and the cardio zone are two separate things. So inside bodybuilding, and inside, trying to keep the muscle mass for aesthetics reasons, um, you can't get into your bodies what's like a reserve where glycogen is is stored inside muscles and organs. I want to keep those there because I don't want to burn those out and then not have anything to build muscle. Yeah. Right. So on the line because you have
0: no body fat on your on your right. body.
2: Yeah. Right. So I just, so I want to I want to keep those levels high, and then while still burn the fat. Now, anytime you go on a diet, you're going to lose muscle mass. That, that's, it's just going to happen. If you're in a caloric deficit, it happens. That's just the science behind yeah. it. Yeah. You just have to, to stay at that low of a body fat, especially down into single digits. The body doesn't want to be there. Yeah. It's not a healthy range for the body to be there. But to stay there, you just have to build muscle mass. So during the off season, where I'm at now, you've got to put on as much muscle mass as you can. So when you do start cutting it down, you can be next year at this time four pounds heavier with muscle. Yeah, you know initially you can put on ten to maybe fifteen pounds of muscle in a year, and that's a lot. Yeah, and 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 hell, if you start running a laundry list of synthetics, you can put on more than that. But if you can if you can put on four to five pounds of muscle in a year, you're doing well. Yeah, um, my competition in 2015, three years ago, I hit stage at. 180 and july this year i hit stage at uh, 208 wow so that's 10 pounds yeah roughly 10 pounds a year for three years and that's muscle maturity
0: you're just you're keeping retaining some of that muscle and it's just making you your baseline's
2: changing right right so when when the muscle gets more dense and you get that muscle maturity like you're saying that's when that's when the veins start popping Mm -hmm. obviously you have to have lower body fat but that's when, it, it, look at it like a, the muscles in the skin like a, like, a, like a balloon. Yeah. Like a flat balloon is just, it looks like crap. Yeah, yeah. But you blow air into it, it swells up. Now, if that balloon was the skin and underneath it the air is the muscle, then the veins that are running over that muscle, underneath the skin or even through, it just makes everything bigger. Yeah. Right? So to keep that muscle mass is, is the challenge. That takes a lot of food. Yeah. A lot. Off-season Five thousand to eight thousand calories in a day.
3: Oh my god!
2: Man. I start. I start eating when when we wake up before the gym, about four forty-five, four thirty. I start eating then.
0: Is it just nauseating? That's got to be nauseating. Like I can't the, even imagine <laughs> crushing that much chow. And I uh, like chow.
2: The, the, yeah, the last few meals of the day. Yeah, it's. I will sit there at the dinner table. I will get home from work, sit there at eight, eight thirty, and my hands will be around the my plate like the like the microphone right now. I'll sit there and like. Ugh. And just shovel uh, a few bites and just... But so with that, and there, there are supplements that help with digestion and things like that, that that can help you turn over food quicker. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's just a grind. Like you just have to want it. Now, not everyone is... First off, not everyone is even going to want to get to that level of physical fitness.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now,
2: yeah. on the functional side, having the cardiovascular uh, conditioning is where it's at. So the functional fitness is huge, I'm not a CrossFit guy, yeah. uh, never have been, I'm not that agile, too much mass to lug around to be a CrossFit guy, um, yeah. but th- there are a lot of things on the functional side, I, my, my agility now, man, there's times, uh, I was trying to wrap Christmas gifts, gifts the other night, <laughs> <laughs> right? I couldn't even sit in Indian style, yeah. right? i would lay on the ground.
0: Well, the I, density, because how thick the muscle is, right? Right, yeah. it's just,
2: it, doesn't, it doesn't stretch, yeah. so I was, I was in the prone, Wrapping gifts in you know, the like <laughs>
0: for real? I have that same problem because I'm fat. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to work around the fat to wrap Christmas presents. That's so. You know, it's a, so it's a big difference in and uh, functional fitness, but for a reason. I mean, we're not talking about um, you know, we're not talking about we're not putting down you know one over the other, but they're different, obviously for different reasons. Like if you want to get functionally fit, like even a uh, people ask about this uh, special operations preparation fitness program that we have. And they ask say, hey, what is involved? I'm like, hey, cal- a lot of calisthenics, and a lot of rucking and running because yeah. you're prepping your feet. And so, uh, the, what I talk about all the time is the operator fitness, which is just functional fitness, isn't the same as preparation for selections and, and special operations because the same level of fitness. I mean, I was at my lightest when I went to selections and special operations because I had to carry a ruck. So, any excess muscle was just. Extra fuel that I had to provide, which I didn't uh, at that time, because of nutrition and everything else, I didn't want to provide. Right. So, when you, uh, this is interesting because George is going to be. Here's here's how this went down. Um, George is he's currently on active duty, so I'm holding him to a standard. I mean, uh, we have we're surrounded by uh, guys who are on active duty and who are former mill guys, and then I come in and. And George is just relaxing, man. Right? You're taking off some time. That's all. Just
1: yeah, I'm just having a good time. You yeah, know? You're re- you deserve enjoying myself.
0: Yeah, you deserve to take some take a break. The wife's pregnant, so that, that's it. You, you so know, that sympathy weight's coming on. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's sympathy weight. Is that what it's called? Yeah. called yeah. yeah. that now. <laughs> so
0: George is nine months pregnant, just yeah. like his uh, wife <laughs> yeah. is. So when me and George were in Libya together, I don't know if I made you, but I, I, I we did PT almost every day, mm-hmm. and it was all functional fitness stuff. So we were like. What we we're doing. Carrying ladders. Carrying ladders, climbing walls, kit uh, climbs. Yep. Uh, running down the embassy drive with water can kit. carries
1: around the house. Water can carry yep.
0: Hitting the bag, we were yep. doing that. Jiu Jitsu, you're we rolling. And you know, it was because our job at the time was that. And so now George has has uh, transitioned
1: and he works for Philcraft. Um, and he's putting on a couple of LBs. Oh, the LBs are there. I can feel it every time I bend over to tie my shoes. Yeah,
0: so. Like we we're, were using him for, as a model for EDC carry. And then we had to blur out a whole bunch of stuff Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on his waistline. Uh, and then we just went with somebody else. But, yeah. um, you know, in all seriousness, uh, we want to get back to, uh, being healthy. Oh yeah. And, you know, on the podcast, one, I, I just, just looking the other day at, um, you know i i like to do research on everything that we're talking about and i want to be schooled from different people's perspectives because we're a accumulation of all people's experiences but you know there's no doubt um and there's no question that the state of our country really really our world um, but mostly our country uh, nutrition is just so jacked up it's just insane to me so you know kids Uh, being on keto again, going to a grocery store and then realizing that everything in the grocery store is packed with carbohydrates, sugars, and preservatives. Uh, And I I mentioned this stat the other day, but you know, the World Health Organization recommends or doesn't want you to go above 12 teaspoons of sugar a day. And then on average, the average American eats about 19.4 teaspoons of sugar a day. And that's a lot of sugar. So when you think about the natural state of things and natural foods, there's not a lot of foods that have a lot of sugar unless you live in Hawaii and you're, you know, next to mango and guava plants, like you don't, you don't get a lot of fructose in your diet um, naturally. And so what I try to just, I don't know if it's me justifying, but just me educating as well that, you know, keto is an important understanding in you know, maybe it's a cycle on or off, or maybe it's just your lifestyle, but I think it's an important element to getting back to what we were uh, prior to, I guess, the food industry, for lack of better uh, uh, terminology for it, the food industry just coming out of the woodwork and just taking over our lives. I mean, it's about choices, about options, and there's too many damn choices. So, you know, one, I, I was talking about this a little bit, and George showed some interest in going into keto, or going on the keto diet, but Matt is very educated on the keto processes. Uh, so, you know, when, one, we want to flush this out, but two, we're here to put George on a routine. So he's getting kind of the education, but also getting kicked off on the, the testing and evaluation of like what this is going to do to him. So he'll be recording it on his, um, his Instagram, george underscore team Philcraft, and just giving you, uh, you know, the progress as we improve. So Matt, you know, keto. What's your feeling on the keto diet? Like where have you implemented it into like your game and your physical conditioning and uh, nutritional profile and bodybuilding?
2: I ran, I had to do keto uh, for one of my competitions a couple of years ago. It was during a PCS move. I had a, I had a PCS move and I was about, I think six weeks out from a competition. And that PCS move from Iowa down to Kansas uh, Set me back about three weeks, because getting to a new place, getting getting established, a new routine, finding the right gym took me like three three different gyms to find the right one that was that was suitable for me and my training. So my diet during that time, I was behind my body's, I was behind where I needed to be as far as my weekly uh, checkup and, and my assessment. I was behind two percent of where I should have been at at four weeks out or five weeks out. So I ran keto. So first off, I'm sorry that you have to run it, George. It <laughs> <George laughs> <ever>, like shit. <laughs> have, you ever ran, have you done keto before?
1: No, never. I never had. I never been on a really a diet ever. I just kind of would work out in spurts. Like I'd go four or five months, work out, and then take a month off, and go, get back at it again. It's just I'm not consistent and I'm lazy with my diet. So
2: it's uh, it, it's definitely a challenge. You know, it, the, the first few days is the worst. And the, the first couple of weeks to get into a ketosis state takes a while. The first few days, though, if you're dropping sugars, expect, expect your hormones will just be all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, if you do any work or, or research on it, just, just check out your pituitary gland and how it regulates hormones and, and, and what it can do when your body is in such a deficit. So when you start dropping those, I'll start off with that because not understanding how the body's going to react to it, it's going to be a challenge. Um, and, and you just become a demon, right? So I was talking to Mike about it the other day. Like, you, you, it, things can set you off pretty quick until you get into that ketosis state. Um, so I, I ran it going into that competition, and I think I went four weeks on it. I lost a ton of muscle mass, you know? So even with the research behind it, looking at the things that, that cause you to fill out, right, to, to, to have the veins pop in, to have that, have that, that paper-thin look. You have to have that balloon that's, that's deflated. So carbs, sodium, and water, when those three things are combined, that's what makes the muscle very efficient, right? So when, when I ran keto at, at, at that late of a time in the game for that competition, my body flattened. Because I, no, I had no glycogen. I, I had nothing. My body fat was already, I think I was sub 4 at that time. I was 3.8, I think, to be exact. Yeah. So I had nothing. So when I ran keto, it was a horrible idea, but I had to. Because it was a last resort to, to drop that low. What I've ran after that, uh, since my body responds so quick to not having any carbs, is, is a cyclic keto. And I think after, depending on, on your body's response to it, after the first few weeks of the month, a healthier option is to running a cyclic keto. So cyclic keto would be, say, three days of sub 50 grams carbs and zero sugars to that fourth day you spike everything. The blood sugar jumps back up, insulin's released, and it starts pushing this glycogen or this, this, these carbs, these sugars to your muscles and breaks it down to glycogen and it's stored for energy. That energy your body can use for about three days depending on your body fat where you're at. So after you hit that ketosis state and you drop that body fat down, I would say push for like 11%. If you want to get to a single digit, that's on you, right? So set your goal where you want to go. And then we'll kind of crunch your numbers and watch your progress with it. And then... You know, watch you you grow horns, man. Yeah, my
1: my goal, overall goal, is just to look good naked. I mean, like everybody else does. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, but putting the work as well. I want to get healthier. You know, I I take two pills for, like, high blood pressure. And I've been reading on there about, you know, high blood pressure and keto. But I think it's just my diet. I'm not working out. So once I start the, the diet, cleaning myself out and starting these little workouts here and there every day, just every day we, you know, take about 20 minutes every 2 hours just do something physical and then you know eat right and get on that diet so hopefully uh and just start shedding these hopefully pounds Hopefully you don't die. Yeah. I, I just want to shed this weight. I just hate feeling like this. It's a, it's sickening, you know.
0: One one of the things that um and I just wanted to mention this like cuz you know the criticism for for keto is when people say hey it's you're, it's used to lose weight and they say well what is the reason a lot of people will say hey you're starving yourself and the, and that's they use that as a kind of a platform to stand on against uh, the keto diet. And one thing that I, I kind of have taken from keto because I've cycled on and off for deployments overseas for con- for contracting because I had the opportunity to kind of isolate myself for months at a time and get real healthy. And so it was like it was like cycling it. Um, what I realized is when you're on keto, you know, your body's using, and your, your ketones are, are um, uh, replacing the carbohydrates in your body, and they're literally using the triglycerides and the fat as energy. So it's a large, like, people don't understand that a large percentage of your intake is going to be in fat. And then a little bit of protein, uh, not a, lot of, a whole crap ton of protein, but a little bit of protein. So it's not like the Atkins diet, you know, where, the, where you're saying, hey, just crush nothing but protein. And it's unlike paleo because you're taking out the carbs or reducing the carbs below 50 grams and then re- eliminating sugars, um, but you're not starving yourself. Because what I would say is justification for that is we're, we're just – we're not, maybe we're starving, but we're already over uh, – maybe we're over fat. We're already overeating. Because if, if everything we're eating has carbs, has sugars, and then you don't utilize that fuel as a store – it's going to immediately be uh, stored as fat on your body. So, you know, I look at it as, you know, during the pioneering days, or you can look pre-1900, before we started shortcutting food because kind of like the socioeconomic um, evolution of our society, we were just eating whole foods because that was the only option you had. So now we're a society that, eat, that, that half-asses it and then we take shortcuts. So then we go, hey, I'm going to crush this whatever this is, this fake food, but then it just continues to store all this fat and, and really all this energy for nothing. And so then you get this acceleration of like ups and downs of inconsistent glycogen flow or inconsistent sh- uh, blood sugar. And then it leads to things like heart disease or high blood plush- pressure. And so what I want to see just with George is the fact that for the first time, not overeating or maybe, you know, or the first time... Getting to a place where your nutrition is like, hey, I'm going to use fat as a fuel store, and I'm not going to overly utilize the the glycogen that's in my my body. Matt said something to me that the other day. You said, um, and I didn't even know this, that your glycogen can be stored in your organs, and so right. when you're looking at going into a keto state or ketosis state, that it could take 24 to a couple of weeks, right? Because Depending on your your you know your um, uh, your biological profile, you could be storing it, a lot of that uh, carbohydrate in your gut, in your right. intestines,
2: and everything, right? In your organs, yeah. Uh, so your body, your organs can hold outside of outside of your muscles, three hundred to four hundred grams of glycogen, right? And, and hundred of that, roughly hundred of that, is inside your liver. And, and that's where your sugars and all that stuff is, is processed and pushed out. So your fructose and, and all of your different kinds of sugars process differently, right? So another thing to research is to how your body processes those types of sugars and which ones are the better ones to use if you do. So that's a very, it's a very loaded question when you start talking sugars. Um, I don't run any sugars. I, I run like two grams of sugar a day when I'm in a competition prep just to drop the body fat. Uh, and I don't, so I don't even do fruits. Some people can do fruits. I don't um, just because of how, how it's processed, right? Uh, how you mentioned that you feel like you're starving or people will say you're starving. You should never be starving, right? You'll be hungry, but the definition of a calorie, in short, is a measurement of energy, right? We all have our own basal metabolic rate BMR. So for, so for me at 36 years old, at 230 pounds, for me to maintain exactly what I am, I need 2,300 calories a day. So if I was to lay on the floor for 24 hours and not move, my organs need to, so like, like, a, like a vehicle being an idol, it needs X amount of fuel, and it can, it can be an idol for like how many ever days. The body in 24 hours needs X amount of calories to be exactly what it is. So for me to stay 230 pounds, I need to stay at 2,300 calories. Now, those calories come from three things. Your macronutrients, your proteins, carbs, and fats. So one gram of carb has four calories. One gram of protein has four calories. And one gram of fat has nine calories. So if I need 2,300 calories, regardless of how I break those three macronutrients down, I can get 2,300 calories from one of those three. Or all of those three. I can split it up into 33% split, or I can cut all carbs out and get all of it from fats and proteins. In the end, calories being a measurement of energy, if I bring in those calories, my body will maintain exactly what it is. To lose one pound or gain one pound equals 3,500 calories, okay? So if I need 2,300 calories a day, I work out... I burn 1,200 calories in the gym. I've got to replace those plus to eat 2,300 calories, puts me in the 3,000 range. I do extra cardio. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a checking account. What goes in comes out if you work it right. So to lose the weight, the healthy range, is to just be negative 500 calories a day for seven days. So if you're negative 500 a day, in one week, you'll be down 3,500 calories equaling a pound. That's about as simple as you can get it, right? That's it. So if you have anything to look at, find your BMR, find your basal metabolic rate, what it takes for you to maintain exactly what you are, subtract 500 from it. That'll be one pound a week. So running keto, if you're running sub-50 grams of carbs or you're running zero, then you're going to pick that up from fats or, or, or proteins. Since the, the carbs aren't being utilized as energy, it's going to look for the fats, so if you're running 120 grams of fats in a day, 120 times nine, there's your calories, right? So still hit your, still hit your daily caloric take intake, but just burn more. Keep the, keep the cardio very moderate, hit the fat burning zone so your, your, your body's not burning into a ton of stuff sitting inside your organs. That's when you start having your organs shut down, your kidney failures, your, 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 your liver failures. Um, I would say if, if you can every sixty days or so get blood work done to see what the science is actually doing, then then, then, they can, then you can can really set it up <laughs> to look at how the science works and then bounce it off of your diet, which, which which makes it a lot more makes you more efficient at understanding how it's working. You know,
0: what's what's George's start point like right now? If you're coaching him, like what are we doing right now? I mean, is he? I know you're going to get his baseline right. What's involved in the baseline, and then. How does the diet work out? How does the diet pan out? Like what, what's the, uh, what's his plan for like the next week? If, it, if he's trying to maximize losing weight, but also
2: um, dropping body
0: fat uh, as well.
2: Uh, first off is find, we'll, we'll do the calculation here in a little bit. Uh, we'll just download an app. My Fitness Pal is what I use. Mm-hmm. I've been using that for years. Um, we'll set your profile in it. How old are you? 40. And What's your weight? Uh, about probably
1: 265 right now.
2: Okay. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll set the app and we'll crunch the numbers on it. And it's going to give us the BMR. From the BMR is where we start adjusting how much weight he's wanting to, to lose. So we'll set it at one pound a week. That's the healthy range, easy, easily obtainable. And then from there, if you, if you don't want to run any carbs, then we'll make up all of the calories from proteins, fats. Small, obtainable goals is what it's about. If you set it too high, it's unobtainable. You lose, you lose track real quick. Mm-hmm. If you set it too low, you get there way too damn quick. It's not challenging enough, especially for guys like us. We need, we need a damn challenge, right? we got to wrap our mind around something. So the very first thing, without even touching any macronutrients, the carbs, fats, proteins, is just sugars. We'll cut sugars out. Yeah. Once you see what happens after you cut out those sugars for that first week, he'll probably drop quite a few pounds Mm -hmm. just from dropping the sugars, you know. I'd
1: crush sugars right now, too, so especially uh, in the evening when I come home. Because during the day, I don't, like, in the mornings, I am not hungry at all. Like, I have this, like, nauseous feeling when I wake up. I don't know if it's, like, fresh air makes me nauseous or whatever it is. (laughs) But uh, I can't eat before, like, 9 o'clock sometimes. So it's, like, I'll bring my food here. I'll eat, you know, while I'm working. But uh, I usually don't eat until I get home, and that's usually around 6 o'clock. So... I I know what I have to do. You know I have to you know buckle down and like the sugars are the, my main enemy right now. So you fast all day? Today I'll fast. Well, I, sometimes yeah. Yeah. Or I'll drink water throughout the day, or I'll have like a little, uh, just like a little like Laura bar or some snack or something like that. Nothing real big during the day, honestly. And then it's at night where I get killed the most. What What is yeah. his metabolism doing there? Because that that I feel like that's he's
0: he's he's without knowing he is he's intermittent fasting. But then he's introducing uh, crap. I mean, at the end of the day, is is there something there, like what what his body's responding to, like he's storing extra fat because his body's like, holy crap. Because I know he's not in, he's probably not reaching the 3,000, 2,500 calories at the end of the day.
2: Not 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 that you you wouldn't think, but maybe he is.
1: Oh yeah, with a bad. I mean, thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, at night because I'll have. ai mean, my. Uh, like my dinners, we're not. It's not nothing crazy unhealthy. I mean, it's usually like a good healthy dinner, a lot of protein and fruit or not uh, fruits, but uh, vegetables. Maybe like uh, a sweet potato or a baked potato or something like that. But it's the after that. It's, it's like the beer, desserts. Mike.
2: Beer, beer. Uh, duff beer.
1: I have, my last beer was saturday we I just said that okay morning. so you're not drinking a lot no i don't drink i don't have i have zero beer in the house right now well also it's yes.
0: a, a sedentary lifestyle i mean we're, we're yep. going from active to not being active yeah. and then we're trying to get back into the, the routine um matt what what about you know you talked to me a little bit about um your body and how long it takes to get into keto how do you identify that i mean is there is there a measure for that
2: yeah there's a run they, they, they make uh, ketone strips. He's got, strips. One. He got
0: one. He's coming over today. Strips. It's shipping today. Yeah, we got one today.
2: You can get them at Walgreens and stuff too. Um, you can get the ones to we can do your blood, mm-hmm. um, or you can just have the, the little urine strips. You just piss on the strip and then it'll turn a different color. You know, the urine will start smelling very foul, That's almost that right asparagus. Yeah, yeah, where you're at. Oh, okay.
0: So how, but a guy his size, how long would it take him to get into ketosis? Is it or is it just undetermined?
2: It, it shouldn't take, like, it, for real. If you if you for real run keto when your sugars are down. Two weeks. Max. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's different, so there's not a, a, a one size fits all. But two weeks, you should be in ketosis in two weeks. Three weeks, if your body fat's super high and you've been eating nothing but crap, and you, your your storage level is there. Because um, you got carbs sitting in your fat. Is that what it is? Well. You, Inside your organs, so if, if I try to resort it to or refer it to like how, a, how the, the gas gauge is in a vehicle, right? So, some vehicles and like ATVs, UTVs will have a reserve tank. Or they did back in the day. I don't know if they do anymore. They used to, be able to fill the reserve tank and then it fills over into the real tank, which is weird just make a bigger tank, right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But that's how it used to be. I don't know if they, start, they are anymore. But let's say you start running this keto and your body starts burning all of these these extra calories and start burning all the glycogen out of your muscles, and your body gets into what's called a de- depleted state. Once it's depleted, that's when the veins are kind of collapsed. You ever try and give an IV to someone that's, that's dehydrated? Yeah, yeah. Very similar. It happens just like that. So glycogen's not there, sodiums are not there, water's not there because the body is burning through it so quick. It, you you get down to this level, you get down to this level where this is where the, kind of the, some of the the most challenging portions or parts of running any kind of diet, when you hit that depletion state, the body is pushing over into what that reserve that, that reserve, cash is. The pituitary gland starts releasing hormones that makes you do things you, you're not, you shouldn't do, right? So the pituitary gland would be like a, it's the equivalent of uh, the pilot of an aircraft. As soon as it feels an imbalance come in, it adjusts the toggle sticks to make you do something To level the plane back out. So that's where it releases the hormones. You hit that reserve state, it's a very hard plateau to push past. I use the word plateau very loosely because I don't like using plateau, but when you hit that threshold, the speed bump we're talking about that's going to happen with it, if you don't push past it, you can push yourself back into that, out of a ketosis state.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. Which is super bad for you because it just, you'll just reserve everything. I mean, like, how does that? If you're going in ketosis and then you automatically come out because you just have this massive cheat day, does that do anything? Like, do you automatically gain a whole
2: crap ton of weight or is that how does that work out? Uh, You can. 455 grams equals one pound. We're talking weight.
0: Yeah. 455 grams of 455,
2: no, grams. So in a pound is 455 grams, right? Yeah. Weight a gram of carbs can hold three or four times its weight in water.
0: Yep. I just read that recently. It's right? crazy. I didn't even know that.
2: So if you ate 115 grams of carbs, which is very easy to hit, a banana has about 20. Yeah. So if you ate 115 grams of carbs today, and all of those grams of carbs, when they, when they push into your muscles and they turn to glycogen for the energy storage, when they couple, when they couple with water... And they hold four times their weight in water. If you do 115 grams of carbs, you can be up one pound tomorrow. Damn. So weight is a very deceiving number to go off of. Yeah. Like weight weight is, to me, it's a fake number. It's so, body
0: fat, right? You recommend. Right.
2: Yeah. Body fat, running calipers, because your weight can be going up. But if your, your pinches, if, if your pinches in millimeters are going down,
0: I like how you make that little small pinch this because little, that's yeah, you. it's a little bit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Do you have an extra little large little scale pinch. for me Of <laughs>
2: yeah. the millimeter pinches, right? <laughs> if, if, if these things keep dropping, but your weight's going up, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Because the fat's being burned. Now, it, it, it's not going to turn to the fats if it has the glycogen to use. So if you keep putting it in there, it's going to use the, 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 the glycogen in the body, the muscles. And then once that's depleted, it turned over to fat. And that's where that, that mental fog comes in. You might feel empty empty behind your eyes. The focus is off. You can't even answer the phone without getting pissed off about something. Yeah. You know, once you push past that, that's when you're smooth sailing. Yeah. And that's probably where you're about to be, Mike.
0: Well, I, f- I feel that way now, like co- even cognitively, like I just feel clarity, man. I, I don't feel, I mean, this is a couple days ago, but when I, when I woke up, like I just feel I don't feel bloated like I usually do. I'm not re- retaining a lot of water. Like uh, I have cognitive like clarity for lack of better terms. Things aren't foggy. Um, but I, I've, I've always noticed that even when I would go keto before that my body type, like it doesn't hurt me that much. And I always went, well, that's because I'm fat and I got a lot of fat. And so my body's not starving as much. But I don't know. Maybe that's just, you know, I, I don't it doesn't seem like I'm really grossly affected by not eating. Because I can go, I mean, I've done it. I've done days without eating, and even when I fast for thirty-six hours, it doesn't even have a, a significant impact on me. Because I'm just maybe I'm used to not eating. So you know, when I think about George going on this um, uh, diet, what are some plateaus? You talk about plateauing. What what are some things that he's going to be faced with? Um, you know, but irritability, we got that, and then uh, stomach pains, and then when he comes off the plateau. What are indicators that he's, um, I guess he's in a ketosis state? Is there like some, besides the way to measure it, obviously.
2: Well, first off, like the, the, the one thing you'll smell it all day is your will smell different, quite a bit different. Uh, other things, like you have to pay very close attention to how your body responds to it. Um, I know when, when I'm depleted, and this is, this is past the reserve stage. this is down to a, a, a complete body depletion state, Organs take a huge hit, so r- taking supplements to keep the organs. Because you can you can have a an amazing looking Ferrari, but if you pop the hood and it's nothing's working on the inside, all you've got is an, an awesome looking Ferrari in the garage. And if you can't drive the thing, you can't keep it maintained. It's more important what's under the hood than what's on the outside. So when you when when, when you bounce those off of each other and, and you actually take supplements to they help with heart, liver, kidney, uh, or, organ health. It helps, it, it, it not helps, it, it is what's bodybuilding as we are. Everyone, if you're in the gym, it, not just a competitive bodybuilder, but if you are trying to change something in your body, you're ch- you are building your body. So you, you're a bodybuilder. You're not a competitive bodybuilder, but you're still building your body, you're building this temple that's gonna look good when you're naked. You won't be the guy that shows up, shows up at the gym, or at the pool, keep your shirt on. Do you yeah, I, don't want, I
1: don't want to be in the water with my shirt <laughs> on. I don't, I don't want to no be no one here. likes that. <laughs> no, no one
2: likes how it looks. It's you know, a white weird. shirt, though. You can see through yeah. it. You can see <laughs> you your, got your, nipples your pepperoni popping. nipples popping. <laughs> <laughs> Rock um, hard nipples. What, what, what
0: supplements? I know you brought a list. What are the supplements that you use that are kind of a staple of your, kind of your diet when you're doing this?
2: Uh, the, the biggest one I use, and th- these are for, for organ health, uh, vitamin D's, vitamin B's. Uh, bones and energy for them uh, cordyceps is one that I use for kidney health uh, Hawthorne These are all these are all um, plant plant-based for heart health Salt palmetto for prostate health and milk thistle for liver health uh, The other supplements that I run are, are for digestion, but those are the four main that, that actually keep the body under the hood functional um, If it's not working right and you actually hit that depletion state, I've had nights, hell, you know, this last competition prep for nationals was probably the worst I've ever done. I had a few nights in a row where I woke up with heart heart palpitations. Like my heart was fluttering. I woke up, I had sweats going on, my heart, I could feel it shaking. My body was so depleted, there wasn't any, there was nothing. I still had stage at like
3: 2%.
2: And my body was so depleted. And I I never dropped below 1,800 calories for the day, even for this competition for nationals. But pay very close attention to the body because as soon as your body does something like that, that is your low fuel light popping on in the car. And you have to listen to it.
3: Is
0: there a a factor? um, And that's a factor in hydration, right? Because that's one of the most dangerous things is your imbalance of potassium, sodium, magnesium. So is the way to... I mean, typically we get that stuff from food. So if you're... I imagine if you're going keto and you're eating the right diet, you've neglected some of the things that would maintain uh, that level of hydration. So you could supplement it, right, and then be okay?
2: Right. Uh, potassium, magnesium. I only run those when the, the, the last couple of weeks when, when all of my sugars are cut out. You know, because bananas, you get great potassium in and, and, and also in potatoes. But I can't take the sugars in. So to take a supplement, so a potassium supplement, Especially running keto, uh, you, have your, you have your ketone salts. In fact, there's a guy up in Des Moines, Iowa. His name's D.D. Gregory, and this is this is his bread and butter. He's been, in fact, he's been on keto for years, and he still has muscle mass. He competes. Um, I think Dallas McCarver also was a was a keto guy, if I remember right. I think he ran Cyclic, but um, Head Turner Fitness out of Des Moines is is D.D. Gregory, and he actually he makes these supplements. Sodiums are high. If, if when you're running to keto, the sodiums and your electrolytes have to be there. If they're not, again, you, you, if you start shutting down the, the engine, nothing's gonna work right, right? So as soon as you have a your, your your driver's side front tire goes bald, it's gonna start wearing on the rear right tire. Yeah. Because the mechanics are off. So again, under the hood, I'll hit it all the time. Like do the blood work, stay on top of it, annotate all of your results and listen to the body with it. Cause if you don't, it, it'll mess you up real quick. What is, what does George have to get from the store? We're talking magnesium, potassium, Himalayan pink salt. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's that. great. That's um, awesome. Cook, I eat pork, pork.
0: rinds too. I, I don't know if like I, Epic food company, which is uh, one of my favorite food companies for, for keto. Um, they sell like bison bars and venison bars but they have pork rinds. And I was looking for a good, healthy alternative snack that's a keto. And there's absolutely no – it's just got fat. It's got a lot of sodium, no carbs, no sugar. But uh, that kind of kept me, kept me kind of level. I felt better off doing the pork rind thing. Is there any, is there any other foods that you could eat um, outside of supplementing salt that you can retain?
2: Almonds. Almonds, avocado. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, al- almonds and avocado are huge – uh great fats. Great fats with them. Um hemp seed. Hemp seed, um who, who I don't even know the brand of the name I use. Uh Nutivia maybe? I could be way off. I might, I might be lying about that one.
0: You're lying. It's a lie. <laughs> <I'm> totally lying. <laughs> totally
2: <laughs> lying on that one. Uh hemp yeah. seeds though are, are great. Great fats inside hemp seeds. Um I think I get get ours at sprouts. But avocados and almonds being like you can smash those all days. Mm-hmm. Handful of almonds, eat 20 grams of fat. What's the
0: like he's in a cause he's getting into a keto state and let's say it just takes a week like t- let's just say it takes 10 days in that 10 day window when he's eating what's happening to all the fat that's not being utilized right now as energy is it just being stored so is he going to get like is he going to get fatter before he gets thinner
2: what the like the fats that he puts in his body
0: yeah just until he's like cuz right now he's not he doesn't have enough ketones to utilize triglycerides as fuel so how is what are those fats doing? Are they just depositing as fat and calories? Well, fat,
2: fats equal calories, yeah. right? So if you're you BMR, if your daily caloric intake needs to be 2,500 calories and you bring in 2,500
3: yeah.
2: and you're walking around throughout the day, if you bring in, bring in 2,500 and that's it, yeah. your body's going to use that just to maintain. Now, if you're walking around add another 600, 800 calories being burned, so those fats aren't going anywhere. The energy still there; it's just waiting to be used. Yeah, it's going to be used in 24 hours if you stay within your daily caloric intake. The only time you gain weight is when you are in a caloric surplus. Yeah. So, like George, have you have you been putting on weight since you've been here, or?
1: Uh, I, I think a couple of pounds since I've been here, but since I've uh, started the retirement stuff, I've gotten lazier. So, yeah, I've been putting on a lot of more. Yeah fat so. what's your
0: stats right now george again what's
1: your height and weight um I got about six three 75 inches 200 is probably 65 pounds um and then what's your waist my waist is probably i don't even know 45 no because i wear 38 uh pants you know but they're kind of loose so i don't know it's so a 30 but let's just like, call if, it you're, if you're measuring from like the proper like waist I'm probably like 40, 42, I don't know. What would you think? Would you
0: think that the uh, inputs remain the same like kind of like the same thing that you're eating, you're eating now, but your output has changed, right? Cuz you're not a- exercising. No,
1: I'm not active as, as I used to be uh, so my inputs are way greater than my outputs. Okay. That, that's yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay.
2: That, that that's huge to know, right? Um, when it, when it comes down to, when it, to I guess to go back to the consistency When you find an equation that equals a weight, let's just say, let's just use 2,000 calories as an easy number. If for two weeks you ate exactly 2,000 calories a day, and every day you did 20 minutes of walking on a treadmill at three miles an hour, the energy in is 2,000. The the energy out is gonna be, depending on how fast you walk and, and your body weight, but you could roughly burn about 10 calories a minute for a 200-pound man, right? So if 2,000 calories in plus 20 minutes of cardio a day, it's going to equal X weight. We'll just say 200 pounds. If you want to change, want to change the answer, the weight, you have to change the equation. It's either you take calories away or you increase the cardio, mm-hmm. right? That's just the energy in is energy out. So when you have the consistency, and you use, you, if you're not, I use the app because it logs it for you, say
0: you use it like an analytical tool to be able right. to measure every single thing you're talking about, and, so and it has to be day. consistent. Yeah. Right? It
2: has to be consistent. So if you see 2,000 calories per day for two weeks, plus 20 minutes of cardio per day of walking at 20 minutes a day, equals 200 pounds. If you take that 2,000 calories and drop it down to 1,900 calories, and you keep the the cardio exactly 20 minutes, the answer is going to change. Yeah. Did 200 pounds probably drop down to a 198, 195. So this proverbial plateau that people say, well, I plateaued out. So, well, no, you didn't plateau. Your body did what it's supposed to do. You just stopped working. Yeah. You found the equation what equals 198 pounds now. Now you've got to change either energy in or energy out to change, change the answer. Yeah. So then you drop more calories or increase the cardio. Yeah. Now you, you can only drop so many calories because then you will starve. So if you get down to the 1800 calorie range, which is pretty low for a guy, that's the lowest I've gotten for competitions, is 1800 calories. I just take the cardio instead of doing 20 minutes, 25 minutes, right? And I was actually doing every other day cardio. And then I just took it and did four days a week, five days a week. And then you, you see that number change on the end, the weight will change. That's just the science behind it. But you just have to have a constant. If you don't have a constant, you have nothing to change. You don't know how to change it. Yeah, you're like, well, your hamster on a wheel. Like, I'm moving, but I'm still staying at 198. What's the problem? Well, the problem is you just stop paying attention. Yeah, to to what it is. Um, it, it's it's not simple at first. It's it's not easy at all. But it gets easier. And it, hell, it's never easy. Um, it just gets easier if you pay attention to it. You know.
0: Well, I just you know the the thing is standing out to me that you're communicating is everything that we push in tactical training and you know physical fitness. Even in mindset, if you want to change, if you want to improve in any performance-related industry, they, they quantify and they measure, right. and then they evaluate, and then they reassess, and they come back and do it all over again. And so if you want to get to that level um, where you're optimizing any process in your life, you have to be able to quantify. And so you know, you know, I pushed the Garmin Phoenix 3 or the Phoenix 5. It's because you know, I could quantifiably measure things in my life. You know, I could measure temperature. I could measure my heart rate. I could do all these things, and you know when I, you know, I'm interested to see what George's improvement is going to be because, you know, a lot of people just live this sedentary life where they're not tracking anything, where they're just completely like hopeful of things working out, but they don't actually quantify. And I think it's important um, understanding when trying to improve in anything. Yeah. You know, what's your let's let's talk about as we close out. Let's talk about advice, man, because I know, I mean, you have a shit ton of experience. You've you've been to combat a lot. You have years of combat. And, you know, you've kind of like transitioned into this other phase of your life and your nutrition is on point. Your physical fitness is on point. What are some things like in mindset that uh, you use or is there any tactics or anything that you do to keep you in it? Especially when you're looking at these, you know, these, I mean, it's brutal on the body and the mind when you're talking about uh, fighting through hunger and fighting
2: through uh, physical discomfort. Like what are the, what are your tactics? Man, I've taken, I, I, I've taken so many, I guess, approaches it now. The same I did on the line with, with training in, inside gunfights, firefights. A, a lot of it to a lot of people comes off as arrogance or self-centered. Call it what you want. I just love the hell out of me. Right. And so through, so through my physical fitness and how I approach problems is I, I don't care what anybody else thinks. It's, it's been a downfall, especially in the Army at times, right, because I just do me. And I keep my mind right. And what keeps my mind right, a lot of things I can control. And a lot of things that control chaos inside the military, I would say, has helped that, and a lot of times inside the military, it, it, it's been challenging because I'm a very selfish person, right, and, and I know that. If someone says that, like, yeah, I know. Like, what do you want? Because I focus on me. What, what helps me is I have the empathy and sympathy for some things, but honestly, to the, for the most part, I just don't care about a lot of things. I care about what's important to me, my very close friends, my very close circle, in my family. And that's it. So.
0: You don't get bogged down by other bullshit that's going on. In I don't let it happen. People. Yeah.
2: I don't. And, and it's, maybe it's because of the way I am, the way I, was, way I was raised. I was raised on a farm in Iowa. Right? Um, out in the country, I had my Huffy bike and a twenty-two rifle. That's all I did. I don't think we had a TV until I was like 12. So I was always outside. I was always grinding. I just never paid attention to other people's opinions. Right? Um, so with that, I say just when I grind... I just work my ass off. I just work my ass off and, and I control the things I can actually do. The things that I don't, it's very hard for me to care. So I, I don't care what someone might say this. It's like, oh, well, you're half repping in the gym. Well, that's why I look better than you, right? And it's called arrogance or cock- cockiness. It's a Brazilian mindset. It's, it's re- yeah. yeah, it's like, look, man, I know what I want.
3: Yeah.
2: And, and I make it happen. And I don't stop until it happens. And that, it's, it's hard, mindset, I guess, is very hard to, to teach. It's either you have it or you don't. A life-altering event can take you one day not knowing it, and the next day you're like, whoa, shit, you know what? No, I want this. Well, why do you want it? Find your why. Find your why, you keep moving, and you don't stop until you get it. That's how I've always been. That's how I trained my team, my squad, my platoon through every deployment. I was always that way. We never stopped. We always keep moving, and regardless of what happened, you take the, the after-action report, your AAR, you consolidate it, you regroup, and you fucking move. That, that's just what – so in, in, in fitness, I can control that very well because I, because I want to. I pay attention to it. I log it very methodically, uh, very systematically. So I just pay attention to what I want, and I don't stop until I get it.
0: I like that, man. That's some, yeah, that's some good advice. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I think um, that the military, out of all the, the things it does to you, um, one of the big, huge benefits is how it, how you could see results based on your hard work, right. based on the input. I mean, you, it literally, if you guys are planned, prepped, and then you go on a mission or op because you've planned and methodically done rehearsals and PCIs and all these things that make you uh, more prepared, it translates into victory, it translates into mission success. And you could take that you know, culmination of how many times you've seen that process and look at yourself as an individual to see the same output, you know, based on uh, how much you give a shit about yourself. And I, I like that. I, I don't think it's selfish at all. And, and more people who uh, maybe who are offended by that kind of mindset should take heed to that kind of mindset.
1: And at the same time, if you're not taking care of yourself, I mean, you're not gonna be able to take care of your squad, your family, you know, yep. your loved ones, things like that. So a lot of times you look at, like you said, I'm selfish. And I'm I'm kind of the same way a little bit. But I look at it sometimes as not my worry, not my problem. Like, I'm not going to let those outside things bother me. I'm not going to let, you know, I'm not going to get sad over some panhandler on the side of the street. I'm sorry. I just don't have that empathy for those kind of people. Right. So not my worry, not my problem. I, I, got, I got to take care of me. I got to take care of my family. I got to take care of field craft. I mean, we, you know, it's a constant thing. So... Yeah, you find your why. Exactly.
2: So You find your why. You know, and, and I talk to a lot, especially guys come in the office, you know, talk about it quite a bit. You got a time hack?
0: No, no, I, I you know, I just, um, um, I'm interested to see George's improvement based on too. kind of that, you know, quantifying all that stuff. If you didn't know, and you're just tuning in this, we're about to take George in the back room, get him butt ass naked and start calipering <laughs> <laughs> his fat. Came
2: here for the pants party. Yeah, it's going <laughs> <it's laughs> to be cool. So,
0: hey, you know, uh, I want to close out with, um, can you give me, what's, what's your social media handle for your uh, private or your public social media handle? You got one on Instagram?
2: On Instagram at NPC, uh, NPC Matt Vinson. Yep. That's all one word, right? Yep. NPC, at All one, one word, one. Matt Vinson. Yep. All right. So, and so um,
0: Facebook. what you'll be able to see is, you know, we'll be able to track the progress on George underscore Team Philcraft on his IG, on our Philcraft Survival Fit page and on Matt's page as well. And then... You know when this uh airs we're literally going to track george's progress what he's eaten he's going to be showing on a story and just and just giving you his kind of like experiences based on somebody who's never done it before i mean this is going to be impactful because george is literally a Philcraft craft experiment for everybody else leading the way and health and fitness
1: and and we'll see where it goes i'm super yeah. interested i'm gonna do here. my best i'll track you know what i'm eating I'll probably do some stuff on how I'm feeling that day, my my, you know, mentality, uh how my clothes fit. I mean, that's a big, you know. Yeah. It's not I'm not worried about making that uh I'm trying to feel good. So you you know, I'm not like you said, the weight is just a number. Yep. As long as I'm putting in the work and uh hopefully I'll just feel better. So I'll make sure I'm I'm tracking that and letting everybody understand like how how hard it is, how easy it is. I mean, it just depends I'm, I might fall in love with it, you know. So
2: you, should. Uh, you don't Pro- need progress to, is motivation yeah you don't progress is motivation you sure. don't
1: need to do the
0: revolving or uh um the staging what is it called the uh, ketosis where your or a keto diet when you're revolving like you do uh what'd you say it was where every 3 days you gave it like a cheat or something like that or you
2: oh for uh, cyclic yes yeah, psych- cyclic yeah, keto yeah, yeah.
0: no cyclic for no, you no 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 i'm going to do yet. it i'm going to i'm going to put committed.
1: i'm going to try this it's going to be Hey, so I got We're
0: one one question for you, Matt, from uh, somebody on IG feed. It says, "Hey, Mike, can you talk about the prevention of rhabdomyolysis? Rhabdo, which is uh, isn't that the, the isn't that the thing where you overwork in the the uh, uh, the muscle or the whatever in your muscle, the uh, lactic acid in your muscle like overtakes you and messes you up? Is that what that is? Is that what that one is? I, I don't know. I've never heard of it. Rhabdo, and I, I think, I think I, I've
2: okay. never overworked." Yeah. And, and I worked my ass off. Uh, you know, I, I just I just buried myself in the squat rack two days ago, under four ninety five. I like took my twentieth set of legs, I think, um, and I ended with squats, and I got buried. And I actually always do get buried in the squat rack because I, I, I push myself to the limits on, on, on squats. Um, I've never overtrained. I've just under eaten. There's a huge difference there. Um, so. If you aren't if you aren't putting in the energy, and you're trying to expel the energy, you're gonna have problems, huge problems. So there's not a, there's no no such thing as overtraining. There's just under eating. So you have to eat a lot, eat a lot of food. Base base your workout off of the energy you got coming in. If if you're gonna do leg day or you're gonna do a deadlift day a back day, don't eat only hundred grams of carbs today. If you're gonna do legs tomorrow you might need to you might need to carve up mm-hmm. right and it's not like on the line where hey you know battalion run tomorrow go carb up pizza and beer No, you, you get dehydrated you're gonna make the run because you'll be numb right mm-hmm. that's kind of the point of it but um i've never overtrained. i've never had that problem i've had buddies who've done it and and i don't even want to talk about it but the ones who did it were no shit on keto because they tried to push themselves and they just started they tried to push themselves to the limit and passed and didn't have the fuel to actually do it. And this is when they get into that, that reserve that reserve state where their body has no reserve, it has nothing in the system, and you try to push it to the point where it just cannot work, that's where the problems start. So when I say energy in is energy out and pay very close attention to what's going in because it's gonna to affect tomorrow, um there's a transition phase. Your first couple, two or three weeks is gonna be a challenge. So don't you know, don't try and go super super balls to the wall mm-hmm. with workouts and your cardio if the fuel's not there because the body's trying to get efficient at using a different a different fuel, you know what I'm saying? Um so to answer that question, I've never had it. I've had buddies who've done it, but they they didn't overtrain, they just under eight. They just under eight and they didn't the energy in the body didn't support their workout the next day. So, so with that, just be careful with, with, with how you're going to do your workout. You have to fuel it. If you don't fuel it, then, then that's where the problems start in, you know. So don't undereat. Eat a lot of food. Awesome. George, you won't have a problem with that, right?
1: No, I, I eat pretty good. So <laughs> I just got to change what I eat now. Yeah. So That's it. All
0: right, guys. Hey, I appreciate coming on the podcast. Matt, thank you for coming, hey, you coming out here and sharing your knowledge. Thank you, George, for being on um, every single day. That's how you
1: roll. You're welcome. Just, just I do my best. That's it. I know you do.
0: All right. Hey, guys, that's the end of the podcast. I appreciate tuning in. Uh, again, if you guys are just tuning in, uh, Black Rifle Coffee, uh, use the, the coupon code PhilCraft220 for 20% off on BlackRifleCoffee.com. Hey, thanks to all of our sponsors. Looking forward to this uh, this journey with George and Matt and seeing the progress. You guys could track the progress all over our social media. Also, if you guys want to uh, tune in, Uh, to this podcast outside of iTunes. We got it on SoundCloud as well. Make sure you leave good feedback, if not, just go away, but leave good feedback and subscribe. Uh, And thanks for the support, guys. PhilCraftSurvival.com. Until next time, George, you want to do this? Stay alert. Stay alive. Thanks, guys.